This episode is sponsored by Day by Daybook, a guided journal that helps you navigate the ups and downs of change while creating a life you love. For more information on the classic recovery or teen daybook, go to livedaybyday.com. What's my next step? And that's how I lived my life for a while is what's my next step? Because a lot of times when you think about the end goal and all of the steps that it takes to get there, you are so overwhelmed and that's what keeps you stuck. And I think that's what makes people spiral, you know, and then you can't focus. Welcome to the Go Go Bistro podcast, where we dish up inspiration for women who are hungry for change and ready to make it happen. I'm your host, Noelle Van, an author, creator, and empowerment coach who spent years in corporate America helping innovators and leaders ride the waves of change with ease and grace. I now work with women to step into change and unleash the power they have to create a life they love. This is a space to let go of the fear and say yes to possibility. Whether you're contemplating a change in your career, relationship, health, lifestyle, or anything in between, nothing is off the table. I'll be serving up simple insights to help you manage the ups and downs of change and share my interviews with successful women who took a leap of faith to create the life they knew they were meant to live sharing their wisdom, advice, and all the juicy lessons they've learned along the way. So join me at my favorite little two-top, pull up a chair, and let's get started. Ending any relationship can be difficult, and the experience of divorce can cause compounded challenges that can be both emotionally and financially devastating. Regaining financial stability can be complicated when starting over, and when children and livelihood are at stake, it only adds to the magnitude of anxiety it can create. In this episode, Eileen Joy shares how divorce and bankruptcy gave her the courage to rebuild her financial security and how she now educates and empowers other moms and their kids to shift their mindset around money, creating a safe environment for them to learn about one of the most avoided and taboo subjects without guilt, shame, or embarrassment. She's also host of the Moms Who Money podcast, where she discusses all things related to money, mom life, mindset, and spirituality. Eileen, we are so excited to have you here. Welcome to Google Bistro. Thank you, Noel. I'm so excited to be here. I could talk about money for hours. Let's do this. I was going <laughs> to say, we get to talk about this very interesting and so crazy subject that I, I find so intriguing. So I can't wait to get started. Now, I want to kind of dive back, go a little bit back into the beginning of your story, kind of right around when you got a divorce. And maybe you can take us through that a little bit, sort of where you were at that point in your life. When my divorce was final, this is when it all went down, I had to sell my house to pay for my divorce. I had to get a new job because at the time I was working with my sister-in-law in in the office and it became a very toxic work environment and I just needed to leave. It was just time. So I had to find a job. I had a great job, but thank you universe. I found an even better job. And then all around while this was all happening, my son and I got into a terrible car accident and my car was totaled. We ended up in the hospital. I'm still to this day dealing with a neck injury from that car accident. And this was all happening at the tail end of a bankruptcy. It sounds like a really bad country song, right? (laughs) It's like my life. (laughs) And so at the end of the day, when we were going through the divorce, I had run out of money. And that's why I had to sell my house. When I first interviewed the attorney, all the attorneys that I interviewed, I said, look, this is how much money I have. I know divorce is expensive. Please let me know if this is going to be a problem because I don't know where I'm going to get more money. 
Not one of them said, oh, no, don't worry about it. Be fine. You know, it wasn't fine. So after my divorce was final, they had seized everything. They took all the money and held on to it and wouldn't even let us have it. They held on to it and took everything that they were owed out of the proceeds from the sale of my home. And then I was left with $347. I mean, that's crazy. It was horrible. So I received this envelope in the mail from them with this check and I immediately lost it. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I'm a single mom now with a five-year-old. I have to get a new house, new job, new car, like all these things. Yes. And I'm broke, you know? <laughs> and so it was my nightmare, you know, that was my rock bottom. And for a little while, I didn't know what to do. And I just sat there saying, you know, what do I do next? What do I do? You know, but then I said, okay, well, I got to get a house. Got to get a job. Got to get a car. I got to do all these things, you know? So I just put one foot in front of the other and just said, what's my next step? And that's how I lived my life for a while is what's my next step? Because a lot of times when you think about the end goal and all of the steps that it takes to get there, you are so overwhelmed and that's what keeps you stuck. And I think that's what makes people spiral, you know, and then you can't focus. That is so true. And I feel like just baby steps can help you get to the same outcome. But it's just not that overwhelm of, oh my God, I have all of these things that I have to accomplish to, to get my livelihood back. So how did you get started? Like, what did you do? Did you kind of make a plan of what you were going to do next? Or did you just kind of tackle it one by one? I'm a to-do list person. So I just made a to-do list and I just said, okay, well, which one's my priority? You know, and I just went from priority down and, you know, need a place to live and <laughs> all those things. So I also had to sell a lot of my things because I needed money to, I'm renting a house. You know, I couldn't go buy a new house. And I said, okay, well, I need rent. I need the security and I haven't rented in years. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, so I had to learn all about renting again, you know, and doing all those things and just, you know, step by step by step by step. So I found a house and it's the perfect house. And it, it was five minutes from my other house, great school district, same school district. My house comes with a handyman. Oh, Amazing. The landscaping's included in the rent, like everything. I, I found this amazing place. Do you think that that came out of nowhere, Eileen? I don't think so. No, the universe supplied it for me because, you know, that's how it works. When you live with intention and you have a, a goal and you're moving forward towards that goal and not staying stuck saying, what was me? When we have a goal and we're always constantly just keep moving forward, keep moving forward, keep moving forward, and you're intentionally working towards that goal, you can't lose. Right. You know, you only lose if you quit, right? Absolutely. So I could have just said, I can't do this. I don't, I don't, I don't know how. And I could have just not done anything and just cried to my mother and begged her for help, you know? Yeah. But I wanted to do it on my own. Well, and you had a son too, right? So that's, exactly. that's another factor in there that's, you know, really important. He's my responsibility, not my mom's yeah. responsibility. He's my responsibility, <laughs> you know, but I, you know, I know like, you know, if I really needed a friend or if I needed someone, I could have easily asked for help, but it's the little details that a lot of people can get stuck on and that whole spiral can happen, but I didn't let that happen. So I just kept focusing on my priorities. I kept moving forward. I sold things. I scaled way back on all of my expenses and all of those things. And then I found this new job, which was a blessing, you know, and everything was very quickly back to normal, 
Now, what job did you go from? Were you what were you doing, and then did you go to a different job uh, entirely? Or same, you- same. It was same industry, just another another place, another office. And what industry are you in? Insurance. Ah, got it. Okay, it's insurance underwriting for home builders. But it was the fact that I used my network. I asked for help. You know, instead of just hoping that my resume will be found online, and you know, phone calls and just say, you know, I need a new job. Do you know anyone? You know, all the things you network, right? And you just do what you have to do. And so that's what I did. I just one step at a time, one foot in front of the other. I just kept going. And so I found the job, got the house, got a new car and, you know, all the things. And then I recovered from the bankruptcy and, you know, my, my credit score was shot. And I bounced back so fast that my credit score is now in the 800s. My emergency fund was fully funded very quickly. I had some debt that I incurred from all of this mess and I paid that off really fast. And that car that I had to get, I got a six year car loan because I wasn't sure at the time how much money I would be making. You know, when I got it, I was like, everything was unsure. I just bounced back so fast. So all of my friends were asking me, Eileen, how did you do this? You know, so I just started helping my friends, showing them what I did. And then they started getting the same results that I was getting. I actually let my financial advisor go because I wanted to learn how to do it myself. Oh, that's a challenge. That is great that you did that. It really worked out great because I I had given her some money that I had had. My grandmother had passed away and I didn't want to spend it. So I gave it to her and I said, please invest this for me. And then I had some old 401ks that I had kept rolling over. And so I gave her that and I said, invest this for me. And So she was. But every year when we would have our annual meeting, she would say something to the effect of, oh, the market, it was so great this year. It was booming, blah, blah, blah. Then I would look at my money and it really wasn't growing. And I said to myself, hmm, that's interesting because she says the market was amazing. So where's my money? Right. Right. So I asked her that. And I said, I don't understand if you're saying this, why is my money not growing? And she's like, well, you know, it did. It did. And I'm like, yeah, a tiny little itty bitty bit from what you're saying. It should be a lot of it. <laughs> you know. And it made no sense to me. I said, I can't do this anymore. I can't. I have to understand this. I'm a grown woman. We don't learn about money in school and neither are our kids. They don't teach money in school unless you take a specific class. And most of the classes that they offer aren't, this is how you manage your money, basic finance for beginners. Right. They don't teach that. So when I started to learn too, I didn't even know where to turn. And I was looking everywhere and I said, all right, I love podcasts. I'm going to look for podcasts. So I started listening to podcasts. But the podcasts that I was finding were over my head. These are people that really knew all about money and they were talking about more advanced concepts. And I really didn't understand what they were talking about. It was like talking to my financial advisor. I'm like, I can't do that. So I was just going, I was bouncing around from podcast to podcast to podcast. It was frustrating. So then I went to Google University. And so we all know that Google University has too much information. And when you go online and you just start searching for things, it's too overwhelming. And then you still have no idea where to begin. Right. And so I just X'd out and said, okay, let's go get a book. And that was where my journeys took off because they always say, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. I agree with that with books too, right? So if you're looking at a book, the book will find you. I swear by that, actually. I will walk into a bookstore and I feel like the book that I am meant to pick out is what I pick out. It's so weird. 
But yes, I'm, I'm right with you on that. Yeah. Every time. So I just said, I'm going to start with a book. And I already had some books that were in my bookcase that I had read years prior or half read or read a few chapters. And then the bookmark was still in it and never finished it, <laughs> things like that. And so I was looking through and I found a few that I had. I said, I'll just start with these. And then I just kept going and going and going and going. And I ended up reading over 300 books. And I'm still reading to this day. I'm constantly reading, whether it be a book or something online or taking a course or just I'm constantly learning and reading and absorbing and understanding. That's what did it for me. I have a question for you because I feel like how you're describing all of this to me is you seem to have a very sort of insatiable desire for learning, which is huge. Where do you get your strength from? Because all of this is, I mean, these are, these are situations, divorce is difficult, right? Getting back into financial stability, it's a long road, right? And so how did you get yourself into the mindset every day of, okay, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to go to the next thing on my list. Like, how did you hold on to that or, or grasp that when you needed to? Because I wanted it so bad. It was my why. My why was I need to do this for myself and my son. I'm a single mom with a five-year-old. I also felt stupid because when I was talking with my financial advisor, that was the, the switch for me, really. Because before that, I was reading and doing things and learning, but I wasn't constantly so persistent about it. You know, Until I had that conversation with her and I realized I honestly have no idea what she's talking about. She could have been lying to me. She could have been telling me the truth. She could have just been making something up. I don't know. And I felt stupid. And then I said to myself, they don't teach money in school. I never learned this. No one's learning this. Everyone's so confused. And then my eyes just opened to the world. Well, and I think that you're tapping into something really important, which is the psychology around money, right? So there's this feeling of never having enough. Or, and I mean, I think we all have emotions that are wrapped up around money in different ways, just depending on how we were brought up around it, right? I think that's a biggie. And there's a lot of shame and guilt around spending. And there's, I mean, there's so many different things that come up around money. So how did you tackle sort of the mindset? The mindset piece is the most important part of it. If you don't understand why you do what you do with your money, I can give you all the strategy all day long. You won't even do it unless you really tackle the root of why you do what you do. You won't do anything. So I realized that for myself because part of the books that I was reading too was all about the psychology of money and money mindset and all of these things because I don't love sitting doing my money either, but I've created a system now that it's so easy that I don't mind it because it's quick. But when you work on your mindset. This is this is where I start to with even with my son. Like we've talked about it all the time. Like I've normalized the talk of money in my house that we talk about money like it's the weather, you know, like it's nothing. He has no hang-ups with money. He finds it strange that everyone else does. He talks about it with his friends like or he tries to. He's 11. And he tries to talk about it with they don't know what he's talking about and he wants to have money conversations. And so, you know, it's really knowing where your money is, your money story, right? We're all born into stories. What was your money story? My money story goes back to when I was little. My parents were both spenders. They both had great jobs. They moved 
both made great money. My mom still to this day is a spender. And all she does is max out her credit cards and then complain about the bills. And she would always walk around the house, I got to pay the bills, you know, (laughs) and she was always complaining. She still does it. Sometimes when I'm on the phone with her, she's like, I got to pay the bills. And I just start laughing, but she won't ever change. Yeah. Won't ever change. And then my dad also was a spender and he also had a gambling addiction. So the money was coming in, but the second it would come in, it would be gone. Right. And then my parents would fight. And the fighting was so bad. My sister ran away from home the day she graduated from high school. And I didn't talk to her for 20 years. She just left. It was so bad. Chairs were thrown, holes punched in walls, the yelling, the screaming. I I would hide in my room every day. I would just go sit in my room and hide because it was awful. And so in my mind, money was bad. Mm, Yep. Money causes fights. Money is evil. And, you know, mommy, can I have that? No. Everything was no, you can't. But then I would watch her spend money on whatever she wanted. We were always told no, some form of no. So then when I started working, no one ever sat down with me and said, here, Eileen, this is how you balance a checkbook. (laughs) And this is how you use money smart in a smart way. And this is how you save for your future. And this, then this, and this, and this, and this, right? No, nothing, not a conversation. Right. So when I started working, I just spent it all. I never saved, not a penny. I just spent. So our money stories begin from when we're children. From the time from when we're zero to seven. And that's when our conditioning starts, our programming for money, everything, our whole lives. So between the ages of zero and seven, you're just taking it in. You're learning from your parents and you're learning from your environment. And so all of that, the messaging lives in your subconscious. And then that's just how you operate forever, unless you do something about it, unless you have an aha moment, unless all of a sudden something happens and you're like, oh, wait, maybe I need to make a change. Mm-hmm. And then the awareness piece comes in of, oh, I, I got to figure this out. But they don't teach money in school. So you learn about money from your parents where they learned about money from their parents. Right. They learned about money from their parents, right? It's a whole generational pattern that just goes back, who knows how long, thousands of years, right? And so all of these money stories from all these different families, right, are mm-hmm. all intertwined now that become your money story. And you don't even realize it. I think that when I think of this and and I think of money in the really tactical way, I feel like when somebody sits down and says to me, you know, we need to balance whatever. Let's let's sit down and let's do a ledger. Let's do like I just my eyes glaze over because I just don't I mean I I obviously pay my bills, I do all the financial things that I need to do, but it's not my favorite, right? But when somebody talks to me about what meaning I put behind money which for me has shifted quite a bit over the years to like money is freedom to me. Money is energy to me. Yes. That's why the tactical piece, I feel like how do you merge that where you can get people to be interested enough in doing some of the practical stuff that we all have to do, but also to let go of some of that restrictive feeling around money that I think can, can sort of come to us when we're talking to an accountant and we're like, oh my gosh, okay, I've got to like be an account here. That makes 1,000% sense. The money mindset piece is the most important piece of the whole thing. And the why starts from one simple question. And this was the first question 
that my therapist asked me when I started going to therapy during my divorce. And she said to me, all right, Eileen, we're going to get started today. And, you know, let's, you know, go through this. And she's like, I really need you to answer this question for me. And I said, okay, I'm ready. Lay it on me. What do you want? That was the question. What do you want? And when you are in a place where you are in a huge transition, you're at rock bottom, you were just crying in the fetal position on the floor, you feel stuck, right? The answer is, I don't know. Totally. Yeah. But that's where it starts is what do you want? Because your money affects your life and your life affects your money. Your money is there to keep you safe and secure and to provide fun and freedom and choice. That's what money is for, but we're not taught that. When you're at rock bottom, it's like, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. And then she's like, well, what brings you joy? I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know. And so these are the places that you really need to begin when you're thinking about your life and your money because they're the same. It's all the same. Because all of the goals that you have that you start to create from your why, which is what you want. What do you want out of life and why? And that's what keeps you going because there's a purpose. It's not just so I can pay my bills. It's not just so I can save some money. Well, why are you saving the money? What is it for? Right? When you put an actual meaning to it and there's a purpose, that's what actually gives you the drive to keep going. And that's with anything in your life. It, it doesn't matter what it is when you really understand what do you want and why, and let's go get that. And then we create the plan to make that happen. And that's where the strategy comes in. And it's different for everyone because personal finance is personal. Well, and do you, you work predominantly with moms, correct? All women. Yeah. Okay. So I was going to say, what are some of the concerns, challenges that I, I think of specifically moms only because, you know, you also have the family then to think about, but for any women, like what are some of the top things that come up as, as challenges when they think about money? It's the same for all women, whether they're a mom, whether they're not, whether you know they're single, married, dating, whatever. It's all the same. And it really depends upon the situation. Some people are in debt, some people are not. So the people that are in debt really want to get out of debt. They want to be debt-free. They want to know what that feels like and stay that way. You don't want to get out of debt and immediately get back in. And then most of the women that I work with are professional women who have great jobs, but they're spending all their money. They say to me, Eileen, I make great money, but I have nothing to show for it. I have all this stuff, but I'm going to have to work forever because I have nothing saved and I don't know how, or I just have my 401k, but there's not enough in there. Right. You know, and all these different things. So that's the biggest problem. Well, and if that's the case, then what's the first step that you take them through? Is it the mindset piece of like, let's go back to kind of what money means to you first and then look at the real tactical? Always mindset first. And I meet them where they are. There's some women that tackle it really fast and some women it takes some time because it also depends too on the trauma that you had when you were growing up and in your life. And everyone is different. Every single woman that I have worked with has had a different issue with money, different money story. And also the way that they want to tackle it, you know, because women understand this. Most women don't talk about it, but we all understand it is that when you are afraid, you will avoid and you avoid because of the pain and you don't want to deal with it because it hurts. And the more trauma you have, 
or the more issues you have around money or even your life or your parents or whoever, the longer it might take. And then once that switch goes off, they're like, watch out, here I come. Well, that's, yeah, and that's when the magic starts to happen, right? When somebody makes that shift mentally. So you work with women of all kinds. What's coming up next for you in your, in your work? Like, do you have anything that you're doing that you're excited about? Any kind of program that you're put, having women sign up for? Like, if anybody's out there curious about how to learn more. Yes, actually. So I just created Money School for Moms. Oh, fun. I am so excited <laughs> about it. It is oh, so yeah. awesome. I always say all the time, you'll always hear me say, we never learn about money in school. So I created Money School for Moms, everything that you never learned in school about money. You know, it's for those people that are saying, you know, I make great money, but I don't know what to do with it. And I show you, I show you step by step. This is what you do with it. You'll create wealth. If you're in debt, you will get out of debt. You will have a plan for everything. You'll even be able to set your kids up for life. And that's the most important thing. If you're not a mom, can you still participate? Oh, yes. Anyone. You don't have to be a mom. This has been so enlightening because I feel like the energy that you have around this, it comes from your experience, right? Like it's, It comes from having been there, which to so many people is super valuable, especially if they're just kind of coming out of something where they have to find direction. Like You're there to help them and, and you just have such a great spirit about you on all of these topics. It's been so great to talk to you. And maybe we'll invite you back another time to talk even further about kind of what you offer, because I feel like it is this, this is applicable to everybody. It really is. We will have all of Eileen's information in the links in the show notes, just so everyone knows that too. Thank you. Eileen, thank you again. You have been awesome. Thank you. This was so much fun. This was. Thank you for joining us. Well, that's it for now. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Journeys Through Change podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or really wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us and leave a review if you've enjoyed this episode. And share it with a friend or on social media to spread the good word. So more women like you can find us and join in on the fun. For more information on the podcast or day-by-day book, go to livedaybyday.com.